happen to be listening. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Or maybe, hey, maybe you're wrapping holiday gifts. Maybe you're enjoying the brisk winter air on a walk with your pet or loved one. Whatever the case. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week HelloFresh, Nutrafol, and Shopify. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also, games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who will be nipping at your nose, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. I mean, if I am, it's because I learned it from our puppy, and noses are just ripe for nipping. You know, they yeah. stick out just far enough. They're just right there. It's just like nip, 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 nip it, nip it up, you know? Yeah, man. What, what, what else are they for? I don't know. I honestly do not know, <laughs> especially when chestnuts are roasting on an open fire. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see you do this, Jeff. You open the door for tangents. Like, uh, well, I'll wait till we get our guest in because uh, they're out east and can maybe chime in with this. Is that a thing? I know it was like a thing in a song, but like chestnuts. People... Yeah, I think that's like a street food, right? Chestnuts, uh, roasted chestnuts. I, that's why I'm asking, but I'm holding it until we introduce our wonderful guest. It doesn't sound like you held it at all. It doesn't sound like not holding tangent. it. That's no, what it well, felt like. I'm, it felt like not holding it is what it felt well, like. Well, I tell my family the same thing after I fart. I said, I tried to hold it. <laughs> I was holding it. All right. Well, you clearly do want me to move on. And move on <laughs> I shall because it is a massive week of video game news. We're going to talk game awards, all of the huge announcements and winners. We got so much to talk about and one of the biggest releases of this or any year to talk about with that Halo Infinite. So, man, let's just let's let's not try to talk about the holidays let's introduce our fantastic guest you know the dlc always stands for your downloadable canada and your downloadable christian but this week i am so excited because once again dlc stands for director who loves cats because we have the freelance art director for meredith books including ew life and eating well our friend aaron morales is back with us hey aaron Hey, uh, thanks so much for having me. And um, I cannot let the holidays go because it is the most wonderful time of the year. And yes. you, you guys have made my wish come true because all I want for Christmas is to talk about games with you. Um, well, here yes. we are. Let's do and it. You can buy chestnuts in Central Park right now. Yeah. And roast it on an open fire, right? In, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And they're delicious. What's not to like about a roasted chestnut? I wouldn't know because I've never had one. Have you I literally should... never had one? They are delicious. They are really quite good. And the smell of them, the smell of them no. is is oh, like winter in New York to me. It's like a it's like a thing from a song, like sugar plums. I don't know what that is, but I sing it, you know? <laughs> I have no you know idea. what a sugar plum is, Christian? It's literally no. a plum with some sugar on it, is my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> That's my understanding. <laughs> the good news is my ignorance over the own, my holidays that I celebrate uh, extends to holidays I also don't celebrate. So my ignorance is blanket in terms of holidays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into talking about video games 
where uh, our ignorance will be uh, even more pronounced. No. <laughs> and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by hanging out in one of our communities. There's a subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. There is also a Discord, 5x5dlc on the old Discord. Great folks hanging out, talking games and chestnuts, I guess, this week maybe. Some people will be talking about all the stuff we got wrong about that. Uh, But I urge you to take part. Fantastic folks that you will enjoy being with. But, you know, usually this is where I would let our guest pick the story of the week. But, you know, it's clear that the Game Awards is one of the biggest events of the year. And there are so many games that I don't I don't want to run out of time before we get to all the big announcements and all the big stuff for the Game Awards. So we're going to handle this kind of how we handle E3, which is rather than picking your story of the week. And, and there are other stories we will get to after the Game Awards, but I want to make sure we have time to get to all the all the cool reveals because the game awards you know has been more than just a, a an award ceremony it is really this big announcement the the sort of big tent pole moment at the end of a calendar year where a lot of game companies reveal games or reveal new things about games so Aaron I would like to ask you wait hold, quick sorry I have to interrupt I have to interrupt you mentioned it you set it up so well it is we're going to talk about it like we do E3 and the Game Awards, it brings it brings the exclusives, it brings the reveals, which means, Jeff, I think we're going to need to start a, what is that? Choo-choo, it's coming down the track. Choo-choo, <laughs> you better watch your back. Choo-choo, exclusive. The Game Awards, they're coming back. Choo-choo. You know, you're going to make, you're going to make Sean Madigan not listen to this show anymore. Is what you're gonna <laughs> do. No, 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 no. I didn't ask Sean to do anything. Mm-hmm. That was perfect no. as delivered. Thank you. No, sure. Uh, it needs its own hype train. You, it needs its own you hype train. hate the Game Awards, and you want <laughs> no. to voice the Game no. Awards anticipation no. theme song? Correct. I don't agree with the awards part of the Game Awards. <laughs> you refuse the to acknowledge train. and or discuss them no, uh, the under duress. Part. Under duress, yes. every time I bring them up, and yet, yes, Mister, I like being the voice of the of the theme songs no no i like the hype train Mm -hmm. and the e3 hype train is off on the other track hopefully being repaired you know it's had a rough couple of years and the game awards it should be called the game exclusives i'm a big fan of the game exclusives i'm a lesser fan of the awards. well maybe before we even get to the to the to the exclusives and the awards themselves uh i'd like to ask aaron's opinion of this because because christian and i have very very different opinions of the Game Awards. I've come to the point where I actually, and I've said this on my other podcast, the film cast, and we talk about the Oscars, you know, Mr. Keeley, Jeff Keeley, our friend of the show, Jeff Keeley, has, uh, you know, he's explicitly stated, and I think it, it was clear from the outset that he wanted to make the Oscars of video game awards. And I have said, like I, you know, like I'm setting up, I have said on my other podcast, I think it has come so far the other direction that the Academy Awards is going to be trying to make their awards ceremony more like the Game Awards. I think what Jeff Keighley has actually achieved 
is the future of televised award ceremonies where it is less about this sort of staid, austere uh, giving out of awards and listing ad nauseum uh, names of people that in thanks. And it has become instead a celebration of the medium, a look forward and a look back. All of the reasons people are excited about video games. And I think... there was evidence of it this last year at the Academy Awards. And I think going forward, you will see even more of it. They are going to become more like the Game Awards than the Game Awards is going to be like the Academy Awards. Aaron, what's your take on that? Well, I think the big reason for that is because, frankly, like game developers are not nearly as attractive as Hollywood actors. So it's like you don't (laughs) really want want to see them on the red carpet, which is half the appeal of the Oscars for me. Um, <clears throat> I do think also, though, well, you know... But they, the Academy Awards, I mean, the Academy Awards, the 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 ratings have plummeted in recent years. And I think that you are going to see... I, I, we have already seen it change. You know, they talked about not having a host and all this stuff. Like, I, I think they're scrambling to figure out what a televised event for the Academy Awards is going to look like. And I, I, I predict it will be more like this. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like they're, Hollywood's too self-congratulatory that they're never going to take that away from themselves. Um, mm. But I, I, I do understand. Um, I, I understand Christian's issues with the Game Awards. That being said, like, I, I have voted in the Game Awards. I think I did for like five years when I was at EW. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like all like every video game press person votes. So I don't think that they're meaningless. In that, you know, like it is uh, just uh, uh, trying to take the temperature of what people were excited about for that year. But I I also agree with him that it's completely overshadowed by the other stuff. Like I didn't even watch it this year because I didn't have to. And so instead I played Fortnite all night. And then the next morning (laughs) I woke up and watched all the trailers. Right. Right. So you're for you, you're not interested in this as an event. You are interested in, in it as a coming out party for, you know, these games that are getting revealed. Well, definitely not the week that Fortnite Chapter 3 comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, priorities. I like it. I like it. You're upfront about it. Okay. So as somebody, well, first I should let Christian respond to that because I know, I know you have strong feelings, but maybe you don't even want to give me the, the uh, you know, deign a response, uh, to give it even the, the, notion of consideration because you are so uh, over it i mean a little bit i i think um i i wish it would just lean in more to what it is and i think it you know the argument against what i'm going to say is well it does put a spotlight on these people and it does provide a spotlight and it allows the industry to come together and celebrate the hard work of all these people winning the awards and they're proud and happy to win those awards and i'm not trying to take anything away from that i agree with all of that um but i think it's a little uh insincere where the awards you know you read off 10 of them within 30 seconds and just kind of barrel through them and not really actually i don't think that is shining a spotlight on them i think that is being more dismissive of them as you spend more time on the third medley of a video game scores coming together which is wonderful and fantastic but it's like the the show is is misnamed 
And I, I, I think it does a disservice to those people who win awards by not putting the spotlight on them and making them a bigger part of it. Uh, it's three hours long and it, it just doesn't handle itself in terms of uh, being a place that's, I, I think, fully celebrates the awards side of it and, and people recognizing it. And I know this was, you know, several years ago, Jeff was on the show and talked about, well, he uses those exclusives to get people to watch so that they otherwise will be exposed to this other stuff. Um, I, I certainly think there's some truth to that, but uh, I don't think the show as executed um, does those devs any favors by cramming well, them into this little thing and, and, well, here's, my, here's where here's what the point that I was trying to make with all that is I think the, the exact opposite is true. I, I think it is not that it I think he understands that it is a television show and that I think the Academy Awards is going to have to understand it's a television show because people are not watching in droves the Academy Awards because it is this sort of staid uninteresting thing that isn't very watchable uh, for a young generation. And I think what Keeley recognizes is that it's not about, you know, having putting, having the, the sugar uh, to make the medicine go down. It's that this is what people are excited about. And the, the, the awards are just one part of celebrating the industry. And I think that, the Academy Awards, I I believe, would benefit from understanding that better, that it's not about tuning in to see who wins. That can be one thing it's about, but it could also be about tuning in to see who wore the great outfits. But also it should be this like televised event, a celebration of the movies. And and in the same way that the the Game Awards is all of these things all at once, and it just feels like this end of the year celebration of video games. But I'll get off my yeah, high horse. I think Good. the Academy Awards ratings have suffered because there's just access to Hollywood in ways, not access Hollywood, but there's <laughs> access to celebrity in ways that there weren't before. And you don't need to tune in to see what Robert Redford looks at his best because you're able to see, you know, uh, anyone on their Instagram account yeah, all the time. Robert Redford's TikTok account. Yeah, <laughs> probably, uh, probably very funny. Um, so it's just a different, a, a, a different um thing now than it used to be i don't know if it needs to be televised at all i, I don't think it'd be better if it was like mtv like tick tock cut 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 action scene kiss best outfit now we're gonna go over here well, i'm and, not and suggesting so that don't put that in my mouth because that's not what the game did. awards were i thought i thought the game awards was very watchable i thought it was question, really a good show question. did but you watch this year's show the game awards yeah well, I have children. Okay, so let's move on. There we go. Done. I didn't say Put no. I didn't Put, say no. I just didn't. I said no. I wasn't able to watch all of it uh, in real time. I but I did. I watched. I thought it was very good. I thought it was very entertaining. And you know, it, it's not an easy thing to do to to make an award show entertaining. But okay, it's not a referendum on the game awards. Let's talk about what people tuned in to to hear about, and that is the game announcements, the exclusives. Uh, so, Aaron, what if any? was the game that you were most intrigued by, excited by, uh, uh, blown away by? Is there a trailer, a game announcement that you liked most? The the one I'm uh, definitely most excited for is that Monolith is making a Wonder Woman game. 
Um, yeah. Monolith was the makers of Middle Earth, uh, Shadow of War, and Shadow of Mordor. And I still like can't believe that the Nemesis system never appeared outside of those two games. And I think it's going to be so amazing applied to Themyscira. Like I can only imagine like this large island with different factions of enemies to fight. And I like I, I'm super excited that we're finally getting a Wonder Woman game. I agree. I think as a as a developer, the developer announcement of of that Wonder Woman game really made me excited. And I think it you're absolutely right. It's so smart that it's not going to be set in you know. New York City or or uh, Earth, <laughs> or God help us, Washington yeah. DC, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I I do. It's it's a bummer that all we got was you know this sort of a rendering of Wonder Woman herself in the announcement. Uh, Would have been great to see a little bit more, but um, man, it, for for a game that's uh, that's announced for twenty twenty two, but won't be coming out till twenty twenty three or probably twenty twenty four. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited about it as well, Christian. Your thoughts on a, a Wonder Woman monolith joint? I, I think it's phenomenal. I'm super excited and also trying to forget it exists because I'm so very excited about it. As Aaron mentioned, I love the developer. I think it's such a smart pick um, and they've been quiet. You know, I don't know if they've had things kind of not get off the ground, but it's a studio. And, and as Aaron mentioned, that Nemesis system was so smartly designed Um I'm super excited, but th- th- it feels far away. Like I need to forget that this game <laughs> exists for what everything gets delayed. So add uh two years onto my already guess of two years. And this is a 2026 game. <laughs> <laughs> I, ca- I kind of I, feel like something... it's like, like we saw a suicide squad, like a uh, CG trailer. Was that it? The game awards last year. And then we actually got yeah. gameplay this year. So that maybe will be the same approach. Right, right. Yeah, it's clearly that the, the, the steps are uh, well tread at this point of, of you know, first you get the, the title card, then you get the <laughs> CG trailer, then you get the gameplay trailer, and then you get the then delay. Get the delay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I have no idea if they're actually going to do this, but there is something really intriguing to me about this marriage between the Nemesis system and a lasso of truth. Right. Like, is there something cool to be mined about bad guys that remember who you are and then you get to force them to tell you stuff? I don't oh, know. There seems like an opportunity. hundred percent. Right? That's in it. Yeah. If not, then they should listen and steal that idea. <laughs> Call me monolith. I'm available. All right. Um, Air, uh, Christian Spicer. Your top pick for coolest announcement, something you're you're hyped about. That train yes. that you're on. Yeah, the choo-choo train. It needs to mirror the exclusive. You know, it needs to be mm. choo-choo, baby. <laughs> like very ominous. This when you say train like, is leaving the station. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that is that is good. That's like syrup. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm going to do two because one is the thing I'm probably most, it's a tie with Wonder Woman, but probably the thing I'm most excited about but I'm also going to forget it exists. And then I'll do one that's very real. Um, the thing that I'm going to forget exists because I've lied to myself or I've told myself it's never going to happen for a very long time now. So now that it's close, I'm going to keep pretending like it's not going to happen. And that's Alan Wake too. I love Remedy as a developer. Um, you know, the control DLCs were one of my favorite games of the year last year. Um, Alan Wake and New Nightmare were flawed but incredible experiences and to see 
Alan Wake 2 um, lean more into survival horror and have an M rating. And it seems like they're really letting that team run wild is super exciting to me. Um, it was announced with what a 2023 release date. So again, another 2026 game, <laughs> but I'm very excited. And then the thing that I saw, Wait, wait, wait. That, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that first. Uh, uh, because, okay. Yeah, no, Alan Wake 2. Uh, yeah, we're all fans of Remedy. I'm a huge fan of the first Alan Wake. Here's the thing. If there's a caveat that makes me less than, or a little like, oh, no, no, is the, it's Remedy's first survival horror game. That yeah. is not the direction I wanted Alan Wake 2 to go in. That's, you know, I, I, you could argue the first Alan Wake is uh, a horror game, but I've always thought of Alan Wake more as sort of a Stephen King esque thriller, a, a you know a, um, a an adventure game with some some thriller elements, and to go like full horror with it is just not what I was hoping for. I don't know, Aaron. What what's your take? Yeah, I mean, Alan Wake was kind of basically a spooky action game, right? Like, right. it's basically a shooter, a, a flash gun shooter at, at its core. Um, I'm actually excited about it going creepy. Like I think about Resident Evil 7 and how that completely reinvigorated the entire franchise. Um, not that Alan Wake has as much of a legacy, of course, but I, I definitely like the idea of it going dark and survivally um, because I think that the first one kind of lacked scares because it was such an action game. So I'm actually excited about yeah. that. I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a guy who shows up for the scares. Like that's not what draws me to games, but I, I recognize that folks do dig that. I just, you know, remedy is so good at action games. It's such a cool, as you said, flash gun. I love that. I don't know if you coined that or if that had been, I'd never heard anybody call it that before. That's cool. But uh, uh, let's just say cool. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a slick way to think about it. I like that you have to, you know, you had to stun the things with your flashlight first and then take them out with a gun and, um, I, I assume you could still do that in a more survival horror manner, but survival horror to me is always like, you're always a little bit low on ammo. You're always kind of resources are scarce. You're scrambling, you're scared, you're vulnerable. And uh, I, I wanted, I wanted the sequel to Alan Wake to be more what they promised Alan Wake was going to be, which is, is, more this adventure of, of searching through a town and talking to people and more like you are in this novelist's novel rather than just blasting your way through waves of bad guys. But I don't know. Christian, tell me why I'm wrong. Oh, I don't think you're wrong. I think uh, people like different types of games. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what Aaron said that I think the franchise is, is ripe for this um, – reintroduction or reinterpretation and the same way that resident evil has been you know brought back like a zombie uh several times throughout its storied franchise and usually for the best right like it needs to reinvigorate what they're doing and, and change it up and seven was such a breath of fresh air before that four um and then seven and eight now and i think seeing alan wake do something new and fun and also, I, I just trust that team that if they're excited about something and that, that they want to take a franchise a certain way, I'm on board. Um, Quantum Break had its issues, but I think on a whole, that developer, Remedy, has shown that when they're really passionate about something, they, they come through in big ways. And then I, I wonder, 
I have no basis for this, but I wonder if they're just trying to diversify their franchises a bit and um, maybe control remains a little more actiony with, you know, all of the powers and the movement and the gunplay. And then they take Alan Wake because Alan Wake, it's gosh, I don't know, a 10 year old game, something like that now. Um, it did really cool stuff with light tech back then, kind of like the oh, first yeah. Splinter Cell on OG Xbox, right? And now we're seeing things like ray tracing and all of that, that I think that they're going to be able to deliver something really special that plays on light and darkness with the hardware we're seeing today. And so I, I think that lends itself really well to some of those spookier moments that did exist in the first Alan Wake. And there was some resource management when you're out in the woods and your battery dies. And yeah, it seems like a natural progression. Of course, if it was combat focused too, I could be like, Oh, I see that also. But I feel like the first one and new nightmare were kind of split and I'm excited to see them chase this path with it. May 14th, 2010 is when Alan Wake was released. So 11 and a half years. Yeah. uh, Old. Wild. Uh, what was the other game that you were saying that yeah. you were excited about? The real one I can almost touch that I'm just so giddy. Um, and I've talked about it a lot on this show, but I was very happy to see um, gameplay for Suicide Squad. It keeps looking great. I love Rocksteady as a combat developer. I liked the way they showed each of the characters kind of having their own systems. It looked like, you know, or, or bringing their personality to the combat arena um and to see that interaction between characters it, it continues to impress me and i don't think I'll, maybe i'll save this for a predictions episode i don't think it's going to hit its 2022 date because jeff's made me a believer <laughs> um but man it looks good i'm that's the game that like seems real <laughs> you know yeah, it, it did look really really good and that it was purported to be gameplay uh aaron what did you make of uh suicide squad yeah, I, I'm such a big fan of the Arkham games, and I can't believe how long it's been. Like, Arkham Knight, I don't even know. That probably came out, I mean, not that long after Alan Wake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, everything was five years ago, ten years ago, whatever. Um, uh, 2015, the first Arkham Knight. So a, a little while yeah. after, five years yeah, later. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm not the biggest fan of the Suicide Squad as a franchise, so it, it's always had me a little like skeptical just because I don't know. I'm like, I'm not so into the like anti, the anti-hero stuff that DC does. Um, I'm more of a wide-eyed optimist, like shiny Marvel people. Um, that said, the game kind of erased any doubts I had from that trailer because it just looks like so much fun. And the fact that it's co-op, just, I can't wait. Give it to me. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how you'll be uh, swapping between those different characters or how that'll all work exactly, uh, because it looks like they'll, they're all quite distinct. And clearly the trailer that um, that was, you know, on display at the Game Awards was focusing on a, a showdown with uh, The Flash. So clearly they're keeping their cards closer to their vest with, with the sort of bigger, uh, <laughs> you know, Supermans and Wonder Womans and Batmans of, of, of the world uh, to see how that's going to play out. But I already was kind of intrigued by their version of Flash and um, clearly, uh, clearly, you know, the, the good guys have been taken over by Brainiac in some way. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I like the fiction of the world. It looks like a big open world craziness. And it's the thing that I've been 
clamoring for from the uh, from Rocksteady and the Arkham games, which is, and you know, granted, I know this is required for Batman games, but it's nice to be in a big, bright, colorful city instead of that, you know, instead of Gotham all the time, which is as beautiful as they were able to make Gotham. It just felt like we kept revisiting the same color palette over and over again. That's why I always wanted, well, give me Metropolis or something else so that we could see how Rocksteady would visualize or realize those those kinds of uh, palettes, those looks. And here we have it. You know, we have this cool, big, bright, um, vibrant-looking city that's not all just dark and nighttime. You know, I'm excited about that. The thing it reminded me of when I first saw it was I was surprised how much of a uh, focus there was on traversal. And that looks like to be like a big part of the game. And it kind of like evoked uh, Sunset Overdrive <laughs> for me, which is, yeah. you know, like people kind of like zipping around in this like super colorful world. I did not expect that. And I think that's really like interesting. I want to correct what I said, because I, I did say Arkham Knight was 2015, but Arkham Asylum, which is the first of the games, was 2009. So it actually predates Alan Wake. Wow. Which... If you had asked me to make a bet on which game came first, I would have definitely said Alan Wake came out first. <laughs> so that's interesting. Okay, sorry, Christian, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it's nice to see that brighter color palette. And and while I think Sunset Overdrive is a nice pull, and I would agree with Aaron, what I was going to say is that, and perhaps while I'm even more high on the game now, whereas before I was high on Suicide Squad, but not so much on this other game, I also got... Um, uh guardians of the galaxies vibes from it like mm. that game has levels that are so bright and fun i had a a, a friend a director friend text me some pictures and it's just like i'm stealing all of these looks and they were just sending me screenshots from guardians like this is the next music video i do this is the next yeah. like i'm gonna get this on a tv and it's such a bright fun game in guardians and that had such great character interactions that seeing those character the in alleged in game character interactions in suicide squad in that bright world i was like oh yeah i i could get i could get behind this <laughs> i need more of this it's it looks like it's coming together really really well and that's super exciting yeah for sure and uh, hopefully it hits its date we'll see uh no, long it long it wait. won't hit its date long wait yeah <laughs> um okay so for me I, you know it's hard not to pick star wars eclipse because that trailer is gorgeous. Uh, that game is very exciting to me. I have been a fan of the Quantic Dream games. Uh, you know, a lot of people dislike those games. I have enjoyed every single one. Uh, I know there's some problematic stuff with uh, David Cage and all that. Yeah, he's but a, he sounds like a real bad dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to understand he sounds like a real bad dude. I'm sure there's, you know, dozens and dozens of folks that work there that are that are great humans. Um, and this, the notion of that aesthetic in the Star Wars universe, I mean, clearly the visuals are going to be there because based on the trailer, it's just stunning looking. And uh, I love that it's going to be in the sort of high, what do they call it? The High Republic period of Star Wars. Um, I mean, that 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 game looks exquisite and i i'm really I'm, excited to see what I'm they curious, do i'm curious jeff what you think the game is because i agree that that trailer was exquisite but i'm still like kind of like the wonder woman trailer right but that the wonder woman trailer i'm able to extrapolate a little bit more i'm like oh monolith nemesis system arkham style combat uh you know running around the island doing this that and the other here 
I try to picture like, okay, too human questions, morality. And then I feel like the little bits they do say is no, this is an action adventure game. And then I'm like, yeah. Uh, what is it? <laughs> like, I don't, I'm so curious. Well, I think there is a big question mark there. And I think that that's kind of exciting. I, I'd love to see how they handle, how they handle action. And if they can marry some action with uh, a, a little bit more uh, cinematic, um, you know, branching storyline type of narrative, I am all for it. I, we have great and have had for decades, literally decades, great action Star Wars games. But I don't know of any Star Wars game that's that's quite like what Quantum Dream, uh, Quantic Dream does. So I, I hope that they stay a little closer to their roots, if they even if they add some actiony elements. But it's a really exciting notion, and I, I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, Aaron, what's your take on Star Wars Eclipse? Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite, where I don't haven't really enjoyed a single Quantic Dream game, even though I think they they definitely do some interesting things. Um, I played uh, two two human. What was it? Not two human. That's different. Uh, become Detroit, human. become Detroit. human. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think I said two human also. Yeah. Yes, which is a different <laughs> a different game. That's a Dennis Dyack's uh, trilogy that never was. Trilogy of one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like I, I really enjoyed parts of that, like the branching um, things and the way that at the end of the level it would show you all the paths not taken. I thought that was super interesting. Um, but unfortunately I think that that game just fell apart because the writing was so bad and mm. it, I was cringing while playing it because of some of it's like, just kind of like tone deaf and just, you know, just weird takes on things and odd metaphors that they were trying for. And, uh, you know, hopefully it being star Wars, it will have less of that and just be like a good star Wars story but I yeah. don't have a ton of faith based on their previous games. The other standout, well, there's a few more standout, but another big standout uh, is, is the trailer for Ark Raiders. Did you guys no, see this Raider, one? Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's an no, Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I wish that Indiana Jones game was on display and we know that the Indiana Jones game is coming, but uh, Ark Raiders, which has a really, really cool visual style it looks like a big um multiplayer shooter third or third person action game uh which i like i like third person i like shootery actiony games sort of a uh a, a big multiplayer um take down big monsters in a post-apocalyptic thing but the the aesthetic is was so striking to me the the look of the player characters was sort of this kind of retro 1960s uh, space helmet look, which was really, really captivating to me. And just the, the, the field of view was kind of different than I've seen other games of this genre use. And just, it, it immediately felt like it had its own identity, which to me is so important, especially in the, in the trailer phase, you know, it's, if, if I can look at a game and go, wow, that looks fresh and interesting and has such a strong sense of self, you know, knows what it wants to be and striking in a, uh, in a unique visual style. Uh, and Ark Raiders just looked really compelling. There's night scenes in the trailer. Uh, there were these kind of big open day scenes and the, and it just, it felt like a, um, it felt like an action movie in a lot of ways. It felt like the explosions looked like, uh, pyrotechnics in a movie. It, it really it was really cool. Aaron, did you, uh, did you check out the uh, Ark Raiders trailer? So no, I, I actually didn't uh, 
check that trailer out. So I was just looking it up. Um, and it looks like it's a free-to-play first-person shooter from EA. Is that right? It's a third-person uh, shooter. I don't know. Was it free-to-play? Yeah, not Christian? from EA. Not from EA. It's, um, Embark, I want to say. Oh, Studios. former. Yeah, They're gotcha. former, former DICE people. And to me, uh, I got the strong vibes that Battlefront Three was canceled, and then this was made. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> but it's, I got I a lo- it looks I got cool a lot me. of no, same, same. It looked like to, to to me the way the characters are running around in that third person, the big robots. I got like Earth Defense Force, but robots instead of big bugs and Battlefront. Um, the thing that has me concerned is um, the Nexon free to play angle of it. Yeah. Um, you know they've certainly made or published i guess some some great games to some successful games um but some of their free to play uh other games are full of those things that are bad <laughs> and in and in bad ways yeah um but the art direction of the trailer and um the the sound and and the trailer was phenomenal and, really and cool so right definitely going to give the game a, you know a looksy when it comes out yeah um, the other, the other game that I, I got really, I surprised at my, myself at how excited for it I was. That is Sonic Frontiers. Because I feel like this might be the thing so- the Sonic franchise has been waiting for. Huh. If, if they figure out a way to do open world in Sonic well, if it, if if they are able to leverage the the expanse of an open world to letting you be fast and exploring at the same time i think that could be really cool if it you know i have no idea how it's all going to work exactly but the the trailer kind of gives some hints that there seem to be like these little uh levels within the bigger levels where you get to a you know a structure and then you're zooming around inside that but if if you're able to go at you know sonic speeds around this big open world and and discover things and then you know get inside loop de loops and crazy sonicy stuff uh, and then move from place to place, if they're able to pull that off and make that feel good, that could be what brings Sonic back for me as being a top tier franchise because it just hasn't been for me. I know Christian, you've been much more enthusiastic about some recent Sonic releases, but this feels like something that could be really, really good for the franchise. I agree with you, Jeff. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but the the caveat of if they can pull it off, I think is a big one. Like open yeah. world and fast is hard. Um, and I think that's why I think Sonic has, has lived his best life uh, on, <laughs> on a 2D plane. But I agree with you. If they can pull it off, I just don't know. No one's done it yet, right? In my opinion, no one's done it yet. Right, but I feel like part of the thing that has been hard for Sonic in the 3D realm is that it's hard to do fast in 3D because of how confined you are, that it gets disorienting. And I feel like there's something about being able to, if you're in an open world and you have the space and you can pull the camera back, which is kind of how the, the trailer was, like they, the camera was really pulled back on Sonic and maybe that was just for cinematic effect for the reveal. But if that's kind of how the ga- representative of the game, I think there's an opportunity to make it far less disorienting, far clearer, 
and almost like you're in a 2D Sonic in a 3D world, you know, that, that you can encounter these large areas and get a much clearer sense of what's going on because they have the benefit of all this extra space. But maybe I'm being Pollyanna about the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm just hopeful. <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? I mean, I'm kind of a Sonic apologist, um, but I definitely agree with Christian that 2D Sonic is best Sonic. Like I thought Sonic Mania was like really incredible. Um, just a such a nostalgic delight. And the, 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 I think that year, the 3D game that came out was Sonic Heroes, not, not Sonic Heroes, um, shoot, Sonic Forces. It's so memorable that I can remember its name. Yeah, um, I, was, like, I wasn't going to be able to help you at all on that one. And it, it, it just had the exact same problems that all the other 3D Sonic games. And I, I think one of the problems is, is they don't really know how to make him interesting in 3d like mario they changed it they you know like mario 64 they kind of like slowed him down and he just kind of had all these new skills but sonic in 3d just jumps and like homes in on people yeah and that's kind of it so i just don't they'd have to i think radically rethink what he does well i'm hopeful i'm hopeful i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, choose to be excited about this one because i i think it has a real opportunity to revitalize Sonic, and maybe I'll be disappointed as I have with nearly every Sonic game in the last two decades, but <laughs> oh, we shall no. see. No. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, all right. Uh, we got lots more to talk about, but let's take a quick break and thank our first sponsor, which is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is really one of the things that makes my life better. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. I've been a HelloFresh subscriber. For many years now, happily so, every single week, I get a fresh, pre-portioned set of recipes and ingredients, seasonal recipes, ingredients delivered right to my doorstep that I can cook, that can make me enjoy the act of cooking for my family. I skip trips to the grocery store. I don't have to worry about getting those, those things and having, you know, excess amounts of, of ingredients that I don't need go bad in the fridge and I get a much more varied menu, a, a, a bunch of different kinds of foods that I wouldn't have. Otherwise it makes cooking at home easy, fun, and it's affordable, which is why it is America's number one meal kit. You know, the holidays are hectic enough. You don't need to make them more hectic. You can let HelloFresh help you keep things simple with recipes that cut back on meal prep and cleanup so you can spend less time in the kitchen and more quality time with friends and family. There are over 50 menu and market items every single week with HelloFresh, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options, providing so much variety. And the ingredients travel from the farm to your door within a week so you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. Plus. You skip trips to the grocery store and avo- avoid those long holiday lines. Um, I truly have loved HelloFresh for many, many years. Uh, I, I, I can't live without it. My uh, in-laws uh, are in town right now. I'm cooking a HelloFresh meal for them tomorrow night. I'm very excited about it. We're going to have pork tenderloin with mashed potatoes and uh, vegetables. It's, it, it just, it, it's delicious. It's restaurant quality. I get the pride of having made it myself. It's awesome. 
Um, I, I, I truly love HelloFresh and you can try it on us. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DLC14 and then use promo code DLC14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash DLC14 and the promo code DLC14. You get up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. Check it out. I think it can make your meal time uh, both fun, delicious, and healthy. HelloFresh.com slash DLC14. All right, guys. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to pull out of the game reveals of the uh, of the game awards? Aaron, are there any other games that tickled your fancy? Uh, no, I'm ready for Halo. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. We'll talk Halo. But hey, we should talk about the Halo TV series for a second. Because, man, I know there's been multiple Halo TV series through the years uh, in various states of production. This one looks like they threw tons of money at it. Uh, it's going to be on Paramount Plus. I'm uh, super enthused by what I saw in that trailer. I thought that was really cool looking. Anybody else think that? No? Yeah, okay. I think it looks one. great. Yeah, I think it looks great. Like, I'm definitely yeah, going to check it out. It I looked very Paramount expensive, <laughs> which is of exciting. Course. You know, when they're spending lots of money and it's on the screen, I, I'm into it. Christian, clearly not not excited about the Halo TV series. I, I'm neither here nor there yet. I'm not. I'm not sure about it. I don't subscribe to Paramount Plus, so you know, I'd love it if it's not that great. <laughs> like, I want it to be great, clearly. But like, how are you watching your iCarly's? I don't know what's on Paramount Plus. I there might be a free tier. I don't know. I feel like. Did you guys talk about this on film? I feel like you did. It's it, you can't keep track of it anymore. I don't know. Um, yeah, if only they were able to like bundle it all together and send it to your house in just one big, I don't know, cable. No, <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be nice, right? Um, yeah. I feel like that'd be too expensive, though. No one would go for that. Um, but maybe if I added my phone, I could make it cheaper. <laughs> um, I, I I'm very curious about it, and we'll talk about it, or I can talk about it more when we talk about the game. I love halo video games i haven't read the books um and i'm not sure master chief is a protagonist i want to watch on the big screen doesn't look like he's gonna be the protagonist of the show right it looks like they they kept showing those faces of people and i'm like yes you want you want master chief to be the shark in jaws you know like he shows up does cool stuff and then you go back to focusing on the people or, you know, the Mandalorian proved me wrong before. I mean, I certainly didn't predict that that would not be entertaining, but I was like, I don't know. You got this guy in the helmet. You cast this very talented actor to never show their face. And I thought the Mandalorian was great. So, it, you know, I think that's very much a model Master Chief could follow, but it does not look like they're doing a lone wolf and cub Master Chief. It looks like the entire army is going yeah, to be on screen. I think the scale and scope looks looks promising. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, all right. I know neither of you are interested in talking about the actual winners of the awards, but I have to say that I was very, very pleased that it takes two one game of the year. Uh, it is an extraordinary game. It felt to me like an underdog in that category, and clearly um, – it struck a chord with a lot of the voters, and I think it's well-deserved. It is, it is a long, ambitious, 
fun, inventive, uh, awe-inspiring game that I, um, it is, you will hear me talk about it at our end of the year discussion as well. Uh, it takes two, I think is a triumph and I'm really pleased that it won game of the year. It made me very, very happy. Yeah, that was, that was a really big surprise. Um, over, you know, a lot of like, I mean, almost every game was bigger. Um, but it's also, I haven't actually played it yet. I, it's on game pass. I've got it downloaded. I just haven't sat down. Um, need a buddy. But, it, it's hard. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta yeah. make time with another human. <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting to me is that I, I felt like the critical reception was incredibly divided. Like people loved it or they hated it. And there was almost like no in between. Oh, I didn't, I have not heard a lot of the hate for it, but maybe I wasn't paying attention like, to that. Polygon absolutely like eviscerated it. They really? despised it. Yeah. So that oh, was kind I, of like I, the first thing I read and I was like, eh, you know, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out when I can carve out time. Yeah. I, I hope you do. I, I think it is a very, very special experience. It, it is one of the best gaming experiences of the year for me, hands down. Um, and I don't know if the, there's any other uh, winners that that made you uh, particularly pleased or or upset, but I thought it was a pretty actually pretty strong showing of of games in each category. Uh, you know, I I thought best action game Returnal I think is is a pretty darn good um, winner there. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, I'm glad Guardians got some love because I super yeah. enjoyed that story. Um, I I enjoyed Metroid a whole lot. Um, Forza, you know, Deathloop, yeah. like, yeah, lots of good stuff. Final Fantasy fourteen getting some love too, which is uh, which is really, I know there's there's a big under a uh, strong undercurrent of folks that really uh, love that game. So yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was a great great awards show. All right, uh, Christian, what is your story of the week? Oh yeah, story of the week. Um, after all that fun and excitement. Um, there are two biggies, and neither are fun nor exciting, um, but I think both need to be talked about. Um, to me, this my story of the week after all the, the hype from the Game Awards and some of those awesome uh, reveals is the continuing saga of Activision Blizzard and the depths in which the higher-ups at that company will go to portray themselves as horrible people. Um, most recently now, Chief Administrative Officer, uh, former um, Undersecretary of State for Management uh, during the Trump administration, who was then quickly hired by Bobby to run over to Activision Blizzard, um, sent a union-busting email <laughs> asking employees not to sign the union cards as other employees had been organizing to try to form an ABK Activision Blizzard King uh, union for the workers. And uh, Brian Bulatop, Bulatow, Bulatow, I'm not I sure how you say Bulatow, yeah. Bulatow, how you say his last name, but sent this uh, email uh, essentially. Oh, man. And Mike Drucker wrote a, an incredible what he's really saying uh, email which is like, let me translate this for you. And it's yeah. beautiful. I love, I love Mike and his, his take was spot on and so funny. But Brian sent this email that's like, legally, I cannot tell you that you cannot unionize. You can. Legally, I need to say you can. The rest of this email is going to be me in as gray of the gray area as possible, trying to tell you not to unionize. Yeah. And by the gray area, I mean, this email 
depending on the federal judge, probably not legal. <laughs> and and just calls out all this fear-mongering stuff like if you unionize, then you won't be able – we're fixing things. And if you unionize, we won't be able to fix them fast. And we're fixing them. And you can trust us because we're the same people here who haven't done anything. And if you unionize, you, dear uh, at-will uh, employee of whom we laid off a bunch recently after relocating them, um, you won't be able to negotiate your own salary. Don't you want that freedom to negotiate your salary? And when we say negotiate, please know we mean this is what we're going to offer. If you speak up, we're going to fire you. But you, if you hire a union, you can't do any of that. You can't. You don't want that. You don't want some other guy speaking for you. You're an, and I mean, this email is just hot garbage, hot, hot garbage. Um, there's a lot more at the Washington Post. They've done some incredible reporting on it. But it's just like this company cannot get out of its own way. And I think showing this, sending this email to all employees again, if there was ever a doubt in your mind, dear Activision Blizzard King employees, that that leadership team is at all possible of doing the right thing. They're not. They won't. They don't care about you. And it is truly tragic because I think there are some phenomenal folks there working on some otherwise incredible games. But my gosh, the management at that company sucks and sucks badly. That's my story of the week, Jeff. Sorry, it's a downer. Yeah, no, I don't have much to add to that. I don't know, Aaron, if you want to comment. No, I mean, I don't have anything significant to add other than it's every time you think it can't get worse, it's like, hey, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, and it's just, it, 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 I feel like there's, it's every week there's something new that comes out that's just, yeah, it's just awful. And I'm a big fan of unions. Uh, we talked about it, you know, with the voice actors strike before. I am a member of uh, unions. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I think they do a lot of good things. If Our international listeners might not understand um, because you have most of the protections <laughs> that unions fight for here in the United States. But unions gave us the weekend. Yeah, and his music has delighted all of us ever since. <laughs> we couldn't not, feel not our face before unions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, the blinding lights were the migraines that you got from <laughs> being children working your whole life before unions. Um, but I'm a big fan. And I think, you know, we've talked about it on this show before. I think the video game industry is long overdue um, for some union. For some union yeah, we, we've talked about it many, um, many times here uh, on the show. And it, it is it is very uh, unfortunate and frustrating to see this uh this act, this discouragement of of that with these workers. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot more on this show. Uh, speaking of awful things, Christian, I know you also wanted to bring up the uh, the fact that Bungie seems like a pretty terrible company, uh, at least based on the reporting from IGN. Right? Friend of the show, Rebecca Valentine. Yeah, yep. had an incredible profile over at IGN or um, piece about uh, the company Bungie was. And, you know, maybe not the company it is currently, but the company that it isn't, 
it, it, the, the article talks about how long it takes to write a ship as big as Bungie. And it also, it talks about some employees who are like, no, they're really making a difference. They really, Bungie released this statement whenever that was March of last year, I forget, but like saying, Hey, we're doing this stuff. We're making this change. And some employees were like, they're not, it's awful. They've had these quote unquote rockstar employees who have been horrific from the beginning of time and remain horrific. A lot of it uh, allegedly was folks in the narrative department. And they talk about the churn and turnover and, the horrible working conditions there for those folks. Um, and then there are some folks that are saying that, no, that it is getting better, perhaps more slowly than it should. Um, but when this story broke, I saw a lot of games narrative folks in my Twitter feed being like, oh, so this is public now? Good. And it, it seems like it was a, a real issue and is is just a bummer. And, and, you know, my heart hurts for all of those people that had to suffer and endure um making some of my favorite games. It's, it, it's, it's hard. The video game industry. Uh, well, like sucks. a lot of industries, <laughs> like a lot of industries. Yeah. It's, it is a, uh, it is a new era and, and I hope that this results in better working conditions for lots of folks who had, who've had to suffer through a pretty horrible treatment for uh, their whole lives. Um, but very much recommend you checking out uh, Rebecca's article on IGN uh, it is it's uh, called the battle for Bungie's soul inside the studio's struggle for a better work culture. And it's yeah. phenomenal. All right. Uh, let us uh, get to the games that we have been playing, which are also depressing. I have some bad. No, <laughs> <laughs> Christian's been playing prison simulator again. I got an oh. early look at a plague's tale too. And you guys, <laughs> Uh, let me thank our second sponsor while we're at it. Uh, Nutrafol. Nutrafol, when it comes to thinning hair, you no longer have to choose between natural remedies and those that work. There's a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. Did you know that there are five root causes of thinning hair? Nutrafol is the hair supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, and environmental factors that may be impacting your hair. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. 21 potent natural ingredients support sex drive, better sleep, and less stress too. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 1,500 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code DLC to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code DLC. Well, we've all been playing that Halo Infinite campaign mode. The multiplayer has been out for a while. We've talked about it. I'm happy to talk about it more, but let's dig in to that campaign, which landed this week. Aaron, I know you've been playing it. We've all been playing it. What? How do you feel? What's your take on the Halo Infinite? 
Well, I just wanted to point out that I was on DLC when we talked about Halo 5, the first two levels. Wow, really? Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And you and I were pretty high on those first two levels. And then I think everyone was kind of disappointed with the rest of it. Yeah. And so that was in 2015. So here we are six years later. And, you know, after that disastrous showing that got the game delayed, um, Halo Infinite is game of the year is my take. (laughs) Well, yeah, dude, it's real good, right? It's so fun. It is. And that's that's what I keep coming back to. It is a fun game. It is just everything you do in that game is so much fun. It's that classic core Halo gameplay loop. And I think that taking it into an open world is the perfect fit because you, it's kind everywhere of, it's, is full of yeah, things to do. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's funny how leading up to it and you hear it's going to be an open world Halo. I, I, I don't know about you, but I got the uh-oh feeling. It felt like, oh, no, are they going to break what made Halo right? But it feels like, no, this is the way the game always should have been. Yeah, it's like if, if tech had permitted it yeah. probably would have been. <laughs> because there's in every Halo game, back all the way to uh, Combat Evolved, there were those levels where you walk out and it's big and open and there's, you know, there's wraiths going around and there's b- people fighting and there's all kinds of weapons everywhere. And it's just this big playpen, this, this, this big sandbox of fun. And you go, man, that is my favorite level of Halo it always was for me, at least those were always my favorite levels. And all of a sudden it's like, well, what, if, what if that's the whole game? I mean, it's not the whole game, but what if it's most of the game? <laughs> uh, and, and it's like, oh yeah, no, that makes total sense. Now that I think about it in that context, plus you add to that, the grappling hook, which I feel like game where have you been all my life grappling hook this is it's so much fun to grapple around i was uh, i was hanging out with jeff grubb the other day and he goes uh he said to me he goes uh it's like you're spider-man except 1500 pounds (laughs) (laughs) i was like that pretty much sums it up so do you agree that the grappling hook is like is is very fun and, and cool implementation Oh, I'm going way beyond. I'm, I'm putting it up there with like the gravity gun and the portal gun in terms of like sheer joy of use. Yeah. Like it completely changes exploration. It like it completely changes combat. Uh, like traversal, like you said, the, you kind of can just try to be Spider-Man if you're high enough and just start swinging. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The fact that you yeah. don't take fall damage is is perfect for Big just leaping off of things and, and seeing if my grappling hook can <laughs> latch onto that tree or whatever, you know, it's so much fun. Yeah. Like you can use it to electrocute enemies. You can like smack into them with a melee. You can jack vehicles. You can yeah. uh, scorpion weapons to yourself. Like it's, it's a complete game changer and I can't believe we never had it before. I agree. Uh, the game is, is super fun. Uh, I have lots more to say about it, but Christian, I want to hear, are you as high on it as Aaron and I are? Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about some some things, some shortcomings about the game, but I would want I didn't want to bury the lead before I brought up any of those shortcomings. And I think it's an absolutely phenomenal single player campaign. I tweeted out uh, the other day, uh, "Halo, you've unlocked a new ability. Let me explain." Yeah, 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 cool. But I saw my grapple shot, right? Yes, but let me explain this cool new ability. See what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. 
Like, I don't, it's like, you got to dash. Okay, who cares? <laughs> do I have to have my grapple <laughs> shot? Yeah, you do, but you can dash. Yeah, with my grapple shot. No, no, well, no, no. Yeah, then they, this contri- one is- they contrive to create situations where you need to use the other things. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah but there's I'm invisible good. dudes. It's like, well, can I grapple them? No, 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 you yeah. can't see them. All right. <laughs> I bet I can see them. If I shoot enough grapples, I'll see them. Um, it is, as you both mentioned, like it, the open world ness of it really captures those sandboxes that halo combat evolve you know res that resonated with so many players all those 20 years ago um and it allows you to just go in and have these little you know dens of destruction (laughs) as you kind of fly around the map and then adding into that the fobs where i my goal was to finish the campaign before the show i have not life got in the way um i also had a power outage that lasted a little while which uh, distracted me um but i'm a, a, over 10 hours i think like currently at 11 hours uh in, in playtime in the single player campaign and i feel like i'm pretty late into it but i also keep getting distracted by like well i'm gonna do all of this open world stuff because it's all fun like i just like that ballet of um death you know that that halo provides and halo infinite now gives me single player destiny right like 343 has regained that um top tier first person shooter feeling and the juggling of grenades and these different weapons and now with these fobs that i unlock you know near the next objective i'm going to and i have enough valor because i've done all you know every all the side stuff to do it's like well i'm gonna spawn a scorpion I'm going to drive that in there. <laughs> I'm going to shoot up everything. Then I'm going to launch out, grapple my way around. Also, I'm going into a fight with a rock with a heat seeking rocket launcher, like at go, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just kind it, of, it's wonderful how willing they are to make you feel OP all the time, you know? Yeah. Cause otherwise I think the game is harder than other halos. Like, uh, I was joking with a friend where I, you know, I got the achievement for tallest peak on the map or whatever it is. And then I just literally ran and jumped off of it and it was fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, a grunt and a jackal shoot me twice and I'm dead. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute, what happened? But the visual design of Halo in terms of enemy design was so strong and while I, I think this game graphically, it's not the best ever. I think the Marines, when you stop and look at them, mostly don't look great. Um, but the enemy design and the way the world is presented is beautiful in how quickly you can recognize Grunt, Jackal, um, Elite, and just see the different enemy types and get into that that dance right of like shield depletion plasma for this then battle rifle for this and grapple shot over here and the way all of that happens almost subconsciously is such a joy to play that i love clearing out every fob i love going after every marked target i love doing all of that stuff because it's another chance for me to grapple up to a banshee knock them out jump out shoot a heat-seeking rocket launcher at the, you know, the wraith that's down there. It's just so much fun to play. Yeah, I'm reminded as to all of these things that Halo has always done well and how it somehow all seemed to work so well in the open world. Like, for example, 
the magic of Halo has always been for me uh, the fact that you are constantly swipping, switching weapons, right? There's this scarcity of ammo that requires you to just switch weapons on the fly and change things up. And, and the, the act of playing a Halo campaign for me has always been, you know, try to keep the weapons I like most, but mostly swapping out on the fly, grabbing something new, utilizing its strengths, getting something else new, finding that new cool, you know, grabbing a couple of grenades, using those... And doing that in the context of an open world is even more fun because the improvisation of that, the uh, instead of walking down a corridor into a level or being funneled into a specific part of a linear level, now I'm given this option to approach things from any angle and with the grappling hook, really approach things from any angle above, you know, over the wall, whatever thing that I wouldn't be able to jump over in a previous Halo. Now I can. It is accessible to me. So it, it really feels more like a game that I love from the past, like Red Faction Guerrilla or something like that, you know, where you're you're really given this freedom to approach a problem in so many ways and what weapon am I going to use or what vehicle am I going to use? And and in the context of previous Halos, that was always fun, but sort of narrow in the sense that you are being funneled through this linear progression and maybe this level will have these options and maybe this level will have these options. But now you have all the options all the time, it seems. And you're really given that level of improvisational freedom to maximize your kind of play style, but also in that Halo way, challenged to give up the play style that you like because now you just have to change a weapon because you're out of ammo. You have to do something new. And it's 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 really fun. It's really constantly fun. And I think the Bungie folks were maybe the first people to coin that, you know, 30 seconds of fun repeated thing. Um, you know, in, in the context of the, yeah, the original Halo. They coined it, I think they coined it while they were yelling at subordinates. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> unfortunate. Always gotta, always gotta bring it dark, Christian. Um, hey, I'm your nemesis system, okay? Yeah, so I remember right. everything. True. It's true. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, it, it is, uh, it, it is really on display, the 30 seconds of fun repeated. Now, if you ask me to critique the narrative i'm gonna say the same thing that i do with every halo game which is like i i guess it's good i i <laughs> I, I i'm not following all of the proper nouns that i need to to wrap my head around what's exactly going on uh i know there are folks for whom it is really important and then all of it has to add up and i just assume that it does but i'm too ha- busy having fun with all the explosions and and fun weaponry oh, no, we didn't even talk about the barrels Dude, like, come on. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, who needs a weapon? Grapple shot? Give Dude. me any of the barrels. Explodey, plasma, Dude. zappy. Dude. Game over. Yeah. I, it, barrels, so much fun. <laughs> the fact that there are multiple <laughs> kinds of barrels, so much fun. Right? The barrel, fact that the, any barrel. The fact that they clearly knew as a, you know, 343 that the barrels were fun because they're like, more barrels. More. Yeah barrels <laughs> they took like the red barrel from every game and they were like what if we have a blue one and a white one and a yellow like what do they do you just shoot them you can we have big ones that you just shoot what happens when you do that they set off a whole bunch of little ones what then happens what do you think happens oh what about yeah. the littler ones you're just gonna shoot them no yeah I, well, can i, can I them. throw them yes how far <laughs> can i throw them real far dude (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's it's great it's great what happens when you throw one of the electric ones at a banshee when it's flying above you 
you should do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should really try that. <laughs> yeah, it, it it really is a a, a kind of um, unleashing of the of the player uh, across the the whole game. It just feels like, yeah, we'll let you. Can I grapple to anything? Sure, yeah, grapple to anything. Can I? Can I do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Can I? We just want you to feel empowered through this entire experience. And then, interestingly. I'm curious if you guys agree with this. I'm struck by how they've kind of plopped a campaign, a almost a linear campaign inside a open world because a lot of games like far, the far cries, for example, you know, a single player campaign, open world, first person shooters, the way they do campaign in those games tends to be, you know, like GTA where you have all these different quests that you can do, all these different missions you can do because it's open world. You can do them in any order. They all kind of loosely uh, come together to create a story, but it's sort of this story. That's a hodgepodge of different storylines that are all concurrently happening. Whereas with this halo campaign, it feels more like, well, we've got this open world, but we also are giving you kind of a more traditional linear halo story in the center of that, which I found to be a really interesting approach. Did you get that sense, Aaron? Yeah, I actually like that approach because it lets you kind of do what you want for as long as you want. And then if you're like, all right, I've collected, you know, Mjolnir emblems for the last hour, then you can like, all right, I want to like a meaty like story chunk. And I kind of like that it does yeah. that. The uh, yeah. the downside is that I keep collecting things and um, the AI, uh, the Cortana like AI, the weapon is like, chief maybe we should go over here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Like we're good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should go over there while I go over and blow this stuff up. <laughs> Christian, I'm, I'm curious. I, I had the thought as I was playing it that I kind of wish they had actually gone a little bit further and just gone full XP on everything. I like the Valor system. You, you mentioned it when you were talking about uh, your likes for the game. I almost feel like go all the way and give me XP for every grunt I kill and everything that I encounter just in the open world and go full RPG with it and let me, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of halfway that, that direction um, where you're getting valor for the completed missions and completed, you know, points on the map. But I was like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind if Halo just went full bore into a full on, you know, uh, Borderlands-esque, like, RPG fest. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where the 30 seconds of fun repeated um, really carries the rest of this game. Because as you mentioned, and I know that there are some hardcore Halo lore people that are going to, you know, uh, send Jeff angry emails for what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> send them all to uh, Jeff. Uh, read this, Jeff, at gmail.com. Um but the story of, of this game, again, I, I feel like I'm very close, but I have not wrapped the campaign. But it's, I don't care. I hate the pilot. I hate the pilot. Um, I, I hate Chief, I think. Like, this isn't a spoiler. It's the very first thing. It's like annoying pilots. Like, you only have one gun. And Chief's like, that's all I need. It's like, clearly it's not because you were just defeated. <laughs> like, did you not? You, you ugh, God, he just. Chief is nothing if not confident, you know? <laughs> Yes, even like I, I, I was literally dead until you found me. What do you? What's your plan now, Chief? 
do the same goddamn go, thing. <laughs> go it alone. But uh, you, it, um, all right, okay, well, okay. You, you do okay. you, buddy. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> um, and it's like the the, the plot is whatever. I don't care. And also, I, I, so again, I love this game, but I cannot help as I play it think about what's not there also. And and so what, how this ties into that XP stuff you're talking about, Jeff, is like in the open world itself, it's very barren. You know, there are these propaganda towers. There are uh, captured um, Marines that you can free. There are targets. Which, by the way, go take down. the best way to free a Marine that's tied to a thing is blow it up. <laughs> blow it up. Of course. That, there's a lot of fun, Jeff. Blow it up. Blow it up. Like, please you don't. Bl- uh, Master Chief, please watch out for my. Oh, okay. All right. I'm free. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you drive a scorpion in there and you blow it all up. Um and then finding two collectibles like valor boxes and suit pieces that you can use in multiplayer and then the fobs uh, you know the little bases that you clear out and then the story missions uh which i love there's some great set pieces in in the story missions and i do love how they give you that the halo corridor feel during some of these uh story missions but it's a very sparse open world um and the things that you do in it don't seem to matter right in any real way shape or form other than well now you can call in a scorpion at your fob why because you freed 10 guards why does that matter i don't know dude you're having fun yeah i'm having fun halo i'm having fun well that's the other thing is like you just come across bad guys and it's like yeah are you gonna wipe all of them out you're darn right i am why because it's fun would you get anything for it nope okay well I'm, i'm having a good time yeah Right. And so it's kind of like you talked about on the multiplayer. It's like, I remember you played a game and it was just fun. And it's like, yeah, it's just fun. But also give me that little cookie, you know, give me that little treat for everything I do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to keep doing it anyway. And then the other part of it that I can't stop thinking about, man, I want, I say this a lot about things, but I want the Harvard Business School like essay or analysis about what happened with this game. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's just not there. And like that co-op, like so many, like the, oh, I, there's like the, the resource bases you got to take down. Like those feel like I, I, as I play them, I want to say, Jeff, go open the gate. I'm coming Dude, with the scorpion. You, it's you know? a, and it's, it's like, a crime that there isn't a co-op in this campaign at launch. It's, it's a, it's a crime. Yes. It's built. Even the narrative levels feel built for in areas where it's like, yeah. Oh, I know what Jeff would be doing right now as I'm doing this or vice versa. Or I know what Aaron and I would be doing right now. And those instances feel odd. The, the the lack of density in the open world feels odd. I'm playing it on my Series X and Master Chief's glove looks like when I'm idle. So I don't notice it all the time, but I notice it enough. Like when I'm just walking, like his glove kind of looks like jello. Like there's something going on with the graphics where it just, it's not supposed to be doing this. It's just kind of jello-y. Did, you, un- did you unlock uh, jello glove? I unlocked Jello Glove. Yeah, it's that's a, an upgrade that you get. It's a skull you have to find. Um, I found it. No big deal. It's the last one. And then like a few animations like seemed jittery to me. So I Googled it and like sure enough, like reload and mantle are like running at 24 or 30 frames per second when everything else is 60. The cutscenes are juttery and sub frames for what the rest of the game. It's like, bless them, they got this game out but I cannot imagine what this game was a year ago. And I cannot imagine what this game was, was scoped as originally because it, it, it really feels like the opposite of a director's cut. You know, it feels like a, 
I don't know. Here it is. Like this, this was edited together by the trailer house <laughs> yeah, and put out, but man, is it fun to play? <laughs> it's, it's, I gotta say it's real pretty on my PC and ultra, super ultra wide. I gotta, I have to mention that. Uh, and if, yeah, by the I way, was going to say, I haven't had any um, hiccups or anything playing on my series X. Well, I will tell you that the frame rate, even on PC, the cutscenes are sub, whatever you're, they're locked at 30. They don't bump up above that. And the other stuff, exists across the platforms um per digital foundry uh yeah i've had a few uh hiccupy things on my pc and my pc is pretty beefy but uh it's i think the game's real pretty i mean i'm i don't know complaints as far as you know the thing we're going to talk about next is the matrix matrix awakens so it's like pretty (laughs) is shifting as to what pretty is now but uh but also uh, i think the i mean i'm having a great time with with halo and Playing it in Super Ultra is awesome. Being able to play it on PC day one is pretty awesome. Uh, it's yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm really pleased. Other than being very mad that we can't play co op together because it just would be so much fun to run around that world with with a buddy. Um, that's just really sad that it, you can't play that until I guess 2023 or something weird. I don't know <laughs> when that will happen, but it's on yeah, the my end- last comment. On the infinite timeline, I was going to say. Go ahead, Christian. Oh, yeah. I'll say my last comments on the game is I played it on my Series S as well, like downstairs with my kids, and it runs great. It scales well, you know, runs well my Series S. I love that my Series X options are fidelity is 60 frames per second and performance is 120. I love that. I want more games to do that. Um, And then my last, last comment is uh, I love that it launched day and date on cloud. Also, I love that Microsoft is doing that and showing that bravado there with like Forza Horizon Five and now Halo. Um, but I don't understand X Cloud just does not perform well for me on my phone with my backbone on the same Wi-Fi that I played Guardians on mm-hmm. almost exclusively via GeForce Now. It it was unreliable um, to try. I thought, oh, I, this is going to be my bed game, right? I'm going to clean up all the open world stuff in bed uh, playing xCloud. And it was almost unplayable, which was the only bummer I've had playing this mm-hmm. game so far. xCloud is like a fortune cookie. You just add in bed at the end all the time, right? <laughs> I, w- I want to. Yeah. I want to. Believe yeah. me. <laughs> uh, all right, Aaron. Uh, all three of us also have had a chance to uh, check out the Matrix Awakens unreal five tech demo that was released in concurrence with the uh, game of wards uh i played it on ps5 i don't know what you played it on uh i played it on my xbox series x and okay it's a looker huh oh my oh, my. oh that is an understatement yeah it, uh, it, it's that meme of me walking and the girl i'm with is every other game yeah and uh yeah <laughs> matrix of is the person i'm looking at (laughs) it really seems like oh we haven't seen anything yet about what these new boxes can do we are still in day one releases on these things as far as visual fidelity we are by you know year five of of these boxes we are going to be in sort of the bleeding edge of of photorealism i think it's it's and you might be able to go into a store and buy one so yeah (laughs) like there's still definitely some uncanny valley but it takes longer for you to notice it so like (laughs) when it first when you're first like i think there's that scene when um uh neo and trinity walk out i'm like is that them like is that fmv yeah is that fmv or omg (laughs) is this by sega saturn like what is happening 
Yeah. Uh, Sega CD. I ruined that joke. Uh, <laughs> no, I got it. I got you. I got you. It was, uh, you fell into the night trap is what happened. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and then, and then, and then you like get to play things. You get to, it, it's interactive. And I was like, oh, I didn't think we were even going to be interactive. Cause I, I downloaded this and turned it on without even knowing anything about it. I was just, like ran to the, to the thing and downloaded it. And, uh, man, I was just gobsmacked by the action sequence and then being able to walk around the open world. It's just like, what is happening? When I was a kid, I was playing Pac-Man. And now yeah. this, it's crazy. And I love the way the narrative for it is Keanu Reeves, like kind of warning you, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are we going to do when we can't distinguish real from fake? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, Keanu, but I want to play it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything you're about to see is the end of all living civilization. But hey, dude, enjoy it. <laughs> it is stunning. And the open world. So, yeah, it's a intro with um, uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss kind of talking and, and, you know, becoming these characters, Neo and Trinity and talkie. Then it's a short drivable action sequence. And then, as you mentioned, it's this open world that is huge and then just showing off and you're playing as one of the epic Unreal Engine 5 metahumans um, that create a character type things. And it's just showing off what this engine can do. And it is an open world city like nothing I've ever seen before where it's all there. It's not loading in. You're, you can fly in it. Like you can take the camera up in drone form uh, and there's not pop in the AI is running the script for all these pedestrians and cars and instances. You can get in cars and crash them and smash them. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Oh, it's just stunning. Like some of the photos people have been posting too. I showed my wife and I was like, this is fake. This is, <laughs> look at this one. This is also fake. <laughs> yeah. We're totally like, screwed with this. The line between truth and fiction is going to be completely destroyed, but Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do Aaron, when you look at this stuff, like, art direction art directory you know magazine cover splashy front cover i mean at what point are you <laughs> when you're putting a piece together is it like i don't need to send a photographer out to brooklyn we're gonna jump on unreal engine 5 <laughs> and get it done <laughs> it, it is super impressive and it, it really just like i mean you can already like picture like gta seven or whatever you know gta yeah. so i guess it would be six um like can you imagine that level of fidelity and that size of a world with like actual gameplay yeah yeah i Incredible. mean that's what's coming that's what's down the pike it's it's not that far off we're gonna get those in like two years it's crazy crazy yeah it's and you could turn like and then in the open world there's like little nodes that you can go find and i feel like it's just little signposts that are just flexes it's like hey you think this is beautiful make it night no i can't make it night just with the button press it's really going to load make it night <laughs> yeah no, i like the i like the you know toggle on the the polygons you're like oh my god that's on so many polygons yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really cool all right that's the uh, matrix awakens demo I, I know it's it's obnoxious to talk about it when uh, you know so few people can even get these boxes to play these things on but if you have one definitely take the time to download it because it's free and it is the future. I, I mean, that's what I, my biggest takeaway is like, Oh, I just want, I just looked at the future of video games, the future that's coming really pretty soon. Uh, and apparently it was a small team at Epic too. This wasn't like a Ubisoft joint, you yeah. know, it was like, Hey, crack team, uh, go make this. Okay. 
and they did and it's well you know it shows you you know when you actually have to make a game it's it's a lot harder than just like well you can walk around in the place and nothing actually really happens you know yeah (laughs) anyway uh i would be remiss aaron if i didn't let you speak about Fortnite chapter three which it sounds like is your obsession right now yeah it um it became my pandemic game and you know i had like not played it before and all of a sudden when you know we couldn't leave our house and there were like freezer trucks like of morgue trucks in central park i was like all right i need something to do um you know i kind of just dismissed it as like a goofy kids game with like social events that i don't understand and like i still think that that that's all true but i also <laughs> love it so much <laughs> that's it great it just became like a uh weekly chat with three friends you know and it kind of just kept me sane and i'm so happy that chapter three is out because i've played like 400 hours of it in the last year wow. and a half Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, finally, a new map. And yeah, I, I, I'm sure, Christian, you've ch- checked it out too. I think there's some like really fun stuff that they're adding. Yeah, it, it's the first game to be playable on Unreal Engine 5, which is exciting. And it's fun to see that engine scale. It's not, you know, the Matrix style of graphical fidelity, but it is clearly a bump from what it was before, especially on, on more powerful hardware. Um, Aaron, I'm curious, and I don't, we don't need to do a full tangent, but you are also one of the only people I know well. I know the internet yells at me from time to time, but you are a real person that I actually know that has also given significant hours to Avengers, um, a game that did not click for me. Right, and I'm or curious, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and some friends, because you've like maxed out, you know, bunches of characters. And I'm, did Fortnite pull you away from that or do they do they coexist in your head or did one give you something that the other one didn't like how how have those pandemic games kind of um fought for real estate on in your mind so actually for me fortnite was actually my social game and avengers i played solo or with strangers and didn't talk to them so like for me like fortnite was like it's game night like in middle school like when you went you know to your friend's house and played nes all night and oh, that's awesome. Avengers was, I'm going to listen to a podcast and do the same thing over and over because I am clearly gone insane. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that said, I obviously got something out of the game because I like played, I've been playing it since launch. Um, they just added Spider-Man who is in so you're on, everything. you're on PlayStation. Yeah. I'm playing on PlayStation. I strategically bought it on PlayStation because I knew I wanted to play Spider-Man. And um, I think, Christian, you, you played the Black Panther DLC or some of it, right? Yeah, I think like two thirds of it before I was finally like, I love this character performance. I can't stand this. Something about the combat. I just it never clicked with me. And, and I'm sorry to do this tangent from Fortnite. I didn't I didn't mean to. But like, I am curious if I'm playing it wrong. Like, I know maybe the characters get better later but i feel yeah. like i unlocked some of them all the way but it just you, you, something it's about the enemy movement I don't you know. basically have to unlock everything which i think is like a bad game just de- like decision but like it, you really do have to unlock all their skills before i think they're fun to play huh. so that's kind of like not a great sell <laughs> but that said <laughs> every time that there's a new character i immediately want to just play them and level them up so I don't know. I lost my mind. It's been a year and a half of a pandemic. 
but I I really enjoy Spider-Man in this game. I'm curious as to are you just like a big Marvel fan or what made you I, stick I mean, with this? I, I certainly am a big Marvel fan, but I actually like the combat in the game. Hmm. Like it for me is very similar to like Arkham. Um, Spider-Man actually handles pretty similar to the way he does in the Insomniac games, like as far as like the actual combat. Hmm. Um, cool. the, the web swinging isn't great because it's just kind of like invisible ceiling, you know? Yeah. Um, like Fortnite has probably better web swinging than Avengers, but you know, I don't know. I like the game. I just I I, I want to say I'm that person because it's still playing it. Well, yeah, well, that's great. I I, I don't, don't want think, you to make yeah. you make you feel guilty about it. I'm sure there's lots of people that are still playing it. Uh, we you know Christian and I both bounced off of it, but we also didn't you know we haven't put in the number of hours you did. Uh, and I'm I'm glad it clicked with you. I, I was rooting for this game. I'm I'm a huge Marvel fan marvel zombie from way back so i i i you know i've been i've been wanting this game to be great and i'm super glad it's great for you yeah i was gonna say i don't think it's great like i think um you know guardians of the galaxy i think it was a pretty great game yeah um also i played it for 15 hours and then i'll me you know i'll maybe replay it in a year or two just to like play through it again but this game for whatever reason got its hooks in me and i it's kind of the first games as a service that has done that. And I, I definitely think the majority of the poll is the Marvel just because I love the characters. I love like, you know, like they're, I like the fact that they all play uniquely um, yeah. except for the two archers, but even they have their differences, which I could get into. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds like you need like, to do an Avengers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I really do hope that I, I think Crystal has been working really hard to make this game better. It had a rough launch. Like, there's yeah. no denying it. They have continually been updating it, you know, just constantly. And I still don't think it's 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 probably not going to change your minds if you didn't like what you played. But like for me, I really hope that they keep getting to release characters for a while because like that's enough for me to be like, all right, I'm going to jump in and play for another twenty hours. You know, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's Marvel's Avengers and Spider-Man. Christian, do you have any other games that were on your playlist other than what we've talked about so far? Well, I'll just mention that my oldest daughter finally expressed interest in starting up her own character in Fortnite. I had offered before, um, and she's like, no, I'm okay. I just like watching you play. And then today she's like, I, I want to play. Um, and I was really impressed with that onboarding experience as a parent. Um it, you when you create an account like i have her added both of my kids have their own xbox accounts and they're you know children um and so when i went to download fortnite this is xbox ecosystem but it's like you can't you got to ask for parents permission so i did that and then it, within fortnite itself it was like you know create an account and then you enter the you know the email and the birthday and it's like oh well you're too young so you need to get a parent's permission and they can link it from their epic account and give you permission and then from within a parent's portal, and other parents have probably done this, I just had never done it before. And if you're thinking about it, um, maybe this is helpful for you. You have access to uh, privacy settings and things that you can do on their account from um, the web. When you log in, Epic gives you a pin. So you can go in and kind of customize what they are or are not allowed to do. And so, you know, she's playing Fortnite and I, but it's, you know, any time a, a child is playing an online game, of course, it's not the same as them playing a, 
single player experience, right? There's going to be things that they will potentially be exposed to that are different. And I think parents should remain vigilant about what their children are playing, watching, and doing. Um, but it, I, I felt good about the approach that that Epic was taking with it in a way where, you know, I tried, I was like, well, let's just buy this skin. Let's see what happens. And it was like, you can't, you can't do that. You know, go ask your parents if you want to do that. And so I'm sure there are a bunch of kids that are like, mommy, daddy, you know, I want to, I want to buy Marcus Phoenix. You don't even know who that is. I don't care. <laughs> My friends at school have Marcus Phoenix. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with it, with how it handled things and the options and the call outs for parents to be involved. And uh, also that, starting a fresh account on chapter three was really fun to see her start in the era of bots where when I started, that was not the case. It was like, you know, go eat. Um, and she won her first match, which was very much what Epic intends, you know, as mm -hmm. they place people in these starting matches, but the look on her face when she got her first victory Royale, I was like, Oh, she's in, you know, like they, Gave her a positive experience where she did some building, figured out weapons. I'm telling her or helping her a little bit, right? And she won. So she played three matches. I think the first five are pretty heavily bot filled, if not more. And she went victory royale, second place, victory royale in this very, in, playing solo, in this very slow paced, but yet still the battle royale experience with the circle closing and people shooting at her and, you know, bots, whatever, right? But like as if people shooting. Um, and it's a really, really fantastic onboarding to show you the fun of that game versus let's play this and Ninja being like dead, yeah. dead again. Look, I killed this person again. This person's an idiot. Killed him again. That's great, man. That's great. It's really positive. Yeah. It's Fortnite. Cool. Super fun. Kiddo. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for the games that we have been playing. I, I want to tell you about our. Third sponsor, which is Shopify. I use Shopify uh, on the Dungeon Run, which is, uh, uh, it's been a great experience as we've expanded our merch sales for the Dungeon Run. We use Shopify and Shopify is more than, than a store. You can connect with your customers, drive sales and manage your day-to-day -day all with Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so that upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can also synchronize your online and in-person sales, gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It is more than a store because Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash DLC. It's all lowercase. And you get a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com slash dlc right now shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y.com slash dlc for a 14-day free trial all right uh that is going to do it for this episode of dlc as i said we have parting gifts coming up 
So stick around for those. But Aaron Morales, oh, it's always so much fun talking to you. It has been too long, my friend. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys so much. I, I super enjoyed it. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Airline M. Um, I also wanted to plug a new book that I just designed for Ooh. Entertainment Weekly called The Ultimate Guide to Spider-Man. Oh, um, cool. It just came out, I think, like a week and a half ago. And it's just uh, full of great EW content about everything Spider-Man. And it makes a really good companion to No Way Home, which I am so excited to see on Thursday. So. I'm, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm, really, I'm so jealous. I'm really thrilled. Yes, uh, very, very excited. Very cool. Very, very cool. I can't wait to check that book out. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, I've now learned that I need to be offline starting tomorrow. I thought it was Thursday, but apparently it's tomorrow. Oh, no, tomorrow yeah. Because... The, all the uh, press screenings are tomorrow. Yeah, so you got to get out. Uh, be, be, beware. Yeah, that I was texting with a friend, and I was like, I need to go. Like, This is going to be my first movie I'm going to see in theaters month, tomorrow or Monday when this comes out. It's my kids two weeks after their second shot uh, date. So I'm like, I will go to a movie, I think. Like a matinee. This will be the one I'll go to and venture into the world and whatever. Um, I was texting with a friend and I was like, I just got to avoid spoilers for that opening weekend until I can go to that matinee because it's going to be all over Twitter. And my friend was like, no, dude, Sony's going to spoil it before anyone else has a <laughs> chance to. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be internet dark. You will not, I'm doing nothing this week. Don't at me. I will not reply. Um, but I do have a newsletter that you can find, uh, subscribe to for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. The last one I sent out was about um, kind of my take on video game awards and best versus favorites. Oh, and one thing I didn't put in there that I thought of for the game awards that I think in, in Jeff, other Jeff, not you, Jeff, feel free to take this. I think it'd be a plus. We were talking about what the Oscars are learned from the game awards. I think decoupling it from a year could be really smart. I think it gets rid of why wasn't Halo considered or Forza if <clears throat> Keeley did like this is the fifth annual and mm. the winner of the game of the year award for the fifth annual game awards is because then it kind of helps with that calendar year ish. Like mm. it's not who won the best ask. Uh, <laughs> can't talk best actor award for 2020. It's I, they won the 82nd annual Academy award or whatever, you know, anyway, mm. interesting popped in, popped into my head, but you have that newsletter. And then I often stream this very show, live on my Twitch uh, Sundays at 7.15 p.m. Pacific, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. But the next few shows, I'm not sure, Jeff, because you're going to be kind of our, maybe not the next next one, but soon we're doing our end of the year stuff. So we might record at some different times, but they're going to be fun, fun shows. Yeah, it's always a good time at the end of the year. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I have uh, some other shows, including the film cast, talking about movies. We'll be talking about Spider-Man, and our, our patrons get the Spider-Man review early, uh, which will be fun. Um, you can find that show wherever you get podcasts. It's called The Film Cast. I also do a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. It's called We Have Concerns. You can find it at wehaveconcerns.com. Uh, I do a sports stream for the fan-controlled football league. We're doing the 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 tryouts, the fan-controlled football tryouts. Uh, I'm I'm flying to Los Angeles to do the tryouts. I'm going to be going to Atlanta and Orlando. It's going to be wild. I'm going to be covering the tryouts uh, live. Is that a weird person. thing for you to say? I'm traveling it's to Los Angeles weird, for dude. a thing. Yeah, it's super <laughs> weird. Um, 
uh, anyway, you can find that on Twitch, twitch.tv slash FCF for fan-controlled football. And uh, the Dungeon Run, which is my uh, my live play Dungeons & Dragons show. I'm really proud of it. Um, you can check out that show at uh, twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run or on YouTube or as a podcast. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Aaron, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yeah, HBO Max just launched the new Sex and the City and Just Like That, which everyone watched, but I want to shed light on like a smaller show called The Sex Lives of College Girls that is also on HBO Max. It's uh, from Mindy Kaling, and it's about four um, different college roommates who are like randomly thrown together at this like ridiculous, uh, fancy East Coast liberal arts college. Um, it's really smart and funny and topical, and uh, it just got picked up for season two. So I, I super recommend uh, giving it a binge. That's The Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO Max. Christian Spicer, what's your parting gift? Hot cider. It's that time of year. I did pho last week. I'm all, it's it's chilly here in L.A. I mean, L.A. chilly. It's not. How dare you? It was New York. <laughs> it was 19 chilly, degrees but... yesterday morning at my house. Come on. It was hey, 60 it was, here yesterday. <laughs> it was 47 in L.A., mm. which, as another L.A. friend tweeted out, 47 in L.A. is zero anywhere else. So stay safe. Um, and that's true. Uh, hot cider, though. Everybody loves coffee and they're fun coffee drinks you know if you drink some people you know doctor them up eggnog of course is a big one hot chocolate but man hot cider uh just buy it buy it already made or, or make your own and spice it up how you want to but it is a delicious wintertime treat not to be overlooked don't trust hot drinks if it's hot it should be soup that's my theory anyway <laughs> what if i what if i called it the sex lives of hot cider I said it was on HBO Max. I mean, then, it's like hot coffee, like the hot coffee mod. Um, <laughs> uh, I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that uh, I was hanging out with Jeff Grubb. Uh, I'm just dropping that name again because he's awesome. He's been on a show and he, he's a great dude. Uh, I really dig his video game coverage. Anyway, I got a chance. He's, yeah, what hot goss did you get? Come on. Oh, so much. I can't even tell you. Uh, he is uh, Denver-based and he and I and, and several other uh, cool Denver-based uh, – gaming folk uh went out it was crazy i actually went with people to a place i went to a hockey game a live hockey game the uh colorado avalanche were playing the detroit red wings and i went to a live hockey game it was um you had to show your vaccination card i'm thrice vaxxed i am boosted happily boosted and uh, i also wore my mask the whole time but it was just amazing to be out in the world i, I know it's you know, people's mileage may vary. You have to do what is comfortable for you. But I can tell you, um, as someone who's not into hockey, every time I've been to a hockey game three times in my life now, and every time I go to a live hockey game, I go, I can really get into hockey. And then I go home and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to watch hockey. But when I'm there, it is so much fun. We had, I had so much fun. I was really great, great company, great, great events, really fun to watch live hockey. So I don't know, I just thought I'd mention it. Folks, uh, if you feel comfortable enough uh, to go to live events again, it's just it's just wonderful to be out in the world. <laughs> and, Can't uh, attest. Live, live hockey is great. Like I despise hockey on television. I love live hockey. Yeah, it was a blast. And the, it was, the game ended seven to three. So it was like super high scoring, tons of action. It was like amazing. It was amazing. Anyway. All right. 
We got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This was sent to us by Steve. Steve says, hi, fellas. Uh, as we look for thoughtful gifts for the holidays, I thought I would suggest a parting gift that has brought me a lot of joy. Lex Caliber by Jerry Holkins and Mike Krahulik is a small but beautiful book of poems in the style of Shel Silverstein. If Shel Silverstein wrote about Dungeons and Dragons, the poems talk a lot about parenting in a world of magic and monsters and are fantastic to read to your littlest adventurers. Some poems are light and funny, some quite moving, and the illustrations are stunning. It is a very short but a genuinely lovely addition to your coffee table or bedtime routine, and I highly recommend it. It is available online from the Penny Arcade store. I have attached an example poem for your enjoyment. I thought I'd uh, read to you this one. I think, Christian, I think you'll appreciate this uh, especially. Uh, this poem is called Girl at Arms. Again, it is from Lex Caliber by Jerry Holkins and Mike Krahulik. Girl at Arms. She can play at princess if that's what she wants to do. Might not be my first choice, but it isn't mine to choose. She can be a wizard if she finds a wand she likes. She can be a ranger if she feels like taking hikes. She can be a roguish one. T'was always good at hiding. She could be a girl at arms, such as her skill at riding. She might be a thing for which no one has made a name. She may chart a course for those who want to do the same. She might have left the world behind to dwell in velvet space, but I'll keep a plate for her at dinner just in case. Pretty great. Nice. Pretty great. Nice. That is Girl at Arms. It is from uh, the book Lex Caliber. Thank you, Steve, for suggesting it. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Aaron Morales and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those fun bumpers. Thanks to all the folks who uh, listen to us live uh, at uh, Christian's Twitch channel. We appreciate you. And thanks to each of you who download the show. We're grateful, and we wish you the best. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place.